Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway Super Fans. From Broadway Super Fans. Today we have guests. Andrew Keenan Bolger and Kate Weatherhead. Welcome. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, we're going to start with our 10 questions that we ask everyone. Uh, it's going to be kind of rapid fire. So, just first thing you think of. Okay. Should we say them at the same exact time? Or if take you turns? want, but then we'll probably have to ask you to repeat because we <laughs> won't be able to hear you. How about we set up the rule that like you go and I'll go, oh, you okay. go and I'll go. Oh, oh so you good. always get a second to think that's about right. it. That's <laughs> right. That's right. She's clever. All right. All right. Do you know Beth Level? Yes. Yes. We all know Beth Level. Oh my God, we all know Beth Level, you guys. She's played both of our moms. (gasps) Whoa, that's so true. So in some alternate universe, Donnie Rich and Penny Riley are brothers. That's right. That's true. That's amazing. Oh my God. (gasps) When will she play our mom? Mm. Soon. Soon. Sisters or not? (laughs) I don't know. Next. Which show do you most want revived? Is Sunday in the Park with George? <gasps> oh, a good one. I mean, they just had a revival. Those people could still play that. I but know. I didn't get to see that revival. So yeah, I, I saw it. I that was have, a terrible answer. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with Carousel. Oh, mm. sure. Excellent. Might maybe the Chicago one has legs. Maybe will come. Yeah. 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 Uh, have you ever fallen asleep on stage while pretending to be asleep or dead on stage? No. No. Oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Broadway house? Oh, I love the booth. That's a good one. Gosh, I should be able to answer this because I ushered a lot in my younger days. Um, The booth is pretty good. Um, I also like, um, I don't know. Oh, I like the Brooks Atkinson a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me too. That was my second choice. Okay, well, there you go. Small houses. We're we're like small houses. Uh, Dreamcast us in a show. Oh, my gosh. Night mother, <laughs> you guys get to duke it out for who gets to play the mom. <laughs> we'll do it in rap. <laughs> oh, yeah, alternate yeah. every other night. Yeah. Oh, my god, oh, yeah, you're just like Done. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yep, well, in that vein, I'm gonna go with waiting for Godot. <laughs> oh, that I think it's fun. pronounced Gado now. I oh, think god. as of why as they, of when last Patty year. and Emily do it, it'll be waiting for Godot. <laughs> why'd they ruin that Back for everyone basics. now? We'd be like, got it because we're, <laughs> we're dummies, you can reclaim it. Got yeah. it, got it. That's what it's called now. Done. Do you read reviews? It's funny. You know, I used to be the person who was like, I don't read reviews. And as I've gotten <laughs> older, I just do. And I really don't know what that's about. Hmm. I, I think a lot of it has to do with just having that in the back of your head, knowing that someone is maybe saying something about you. I think I have come to realize as an adult stresses me out more than just like reading it. If it's bad, I'm like, whatever. I know what it is. Sure. I don't have that kind of strength, so I don't read them. However, uh, when it came to our web series, Missions Only, I would, only because we were wearing so many hats for that, it felt like I had a responsibility as the one of the producers of it to sort of know oh. what the feedback was since we had so much control over it. But in terms of, like, if I just do something as an actor, I don't read them. That makes sense. Uh, which What is the show you've seen the most times? My answer is Legally Blonde. Yes. I have no idea. Well, I do know why. <laughs> it opened in 2007, right? The mm-hmm. year that I graduated school. And it was 
the University of Michigan factory musical where like mm-hmm. every girl in my class got cast in that show at different times. So in the course of a year, I saw it, I think I saw it seven times in one year. Amazing. Only Kate once though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> um, I, okay, again, this goes back to ushering. They, I was a sub and they really, really liked me over at Jekyll and Hyde. <gasps> Amazing. So oh my I, God. I saw that show. Did you see like a lot. different versions of it? Um, or was it the third one by then? No, no, I think this was the original. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, of the Scarlet Pimper yeah, now. Scarlet Pimper my bad. Was the one that was ran Wrong one. In the Were you there one off. of the nights where yeah. uh, Emily Skinner was singing for Linda Edder? No, I never saw her. Uh, I was there during the Luba Mason time. Mm, amazing. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you so, see the revival? I did because my husband did the lights for it. Oh, so I did. he did a great Shout job. Out to Jeff we loved that show. We loved that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was nonsense. It was it's the great. best kind. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Who would you fangirl over? Or boy? Or boy. Um, let me try to keep it like Broadway central. Uh, you know what I? I have even met this person. I have now directed this person, and I still will forever fangirl over Audrey McDonald. Like oh, yeah. it's not even fair. Like, yeah, there is. I feel like no person who has surprised me more and whose career has taken the most turns. And every time you figure out, you think you have her figured out. She just pulls out a new rabbit out of a hat. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's a good one. I'm going to go with Josh Henry. Oh, yeah. Just because I can't handle how good he is. I will attest to the fact I sat next to Kate while we watched Violet, and I just watched her watch Josh Henry. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a 13-year-old girl side of her I had never seen. I've become a little ridiculous. (laughs) I'm with you on that. Uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, how awful is the Broadway World message board? Oh, my. I don't know. <laughs> one to ten? I mean, it's so tricky because anything that lives in anonymity, I feel like has the potential for ten. Mm. But then again, I do think that people's love, no matter how rabid it may be, is, I think, a good thing. And every uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, well, at least you have a passion. I hear mm. your, I hear you. You don't know it, but you're giving a five because you're so eager. Yeah, that makes sense. There, so... I, I'm going to say you're you're sticking with five, and I'll yeah. go with five, too. Yeah. Good. Comps in a time machine. Where do you see and where do you go? Oh, I choose the original opening night of Company. Ooh. Just I feel like that's the show that like really changed the modern musical, mm. and I would just die to see everyone's reactions, to be like, what's going on? <laughs> Is this history? Is this terrible? Oh. It's the answer is it's not terrible. It's amazing. No, it is history. <laughs> I'm so lame because I always throw the same show out, but I would have loved to have been at the original, like at the opening of West Side Story. Mm. I would have loved just to be in the room with mm. like mm, Jerome Robbins, Stephen Sondheim, you know, all those people. Yeah. Kate yeah. Rivera. Cheetah. Really cool. Great. Those are our 10 questions. Great. So the main reason you guys are here is to talk about your book, Jack and Louisa, Act One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so cute, you guys. Yeah, it's really good. Thanks. It's really, really good. Thanks. Where, how did this come about? Shall I take it away? You got this. <laughs> ahead. All right. I'll, yeah, we have our banter down. So let's go. <laughs> um, uh, we were in the middle of filming the second season of Submissions Only. So this was in the 
like late winter, early spring of 2012, I think that I got an email out of the blue from a, a young woman named Jordan Hammersley, who was an associate editor at Penguin, specifically Grosset and Dunlap, which is like the young readers branch of Penguin. And she said, hi, uh, I got your name from casting director Michael Casera, which was later she explained what her connection was to him. But in the email, she said, I got your email from Michael Casera. Uh, I'm a big fan of submissions only, and I've been following Andrew's blog for years. And I was wondering if you and Andrew would have any interest in writing a children's book series. That's what it said in the email. <laughs> and, of course, at that moment, I was like, this is a joke. What's happening? Like, <laughs> being punked. Um, but... Anyway, she said, if you have any interest, like, please let me know. We could, you know, talk more about this. At the end of her email, sure enough, there was, like, an address of her office. It was, like, real. You real know? email? I, like, Googled it. It was totally legit. Forwarded the email to Andrew with, I, I'm sure I said something like, yeah, right? We should do this. <laughs> um, and then she and her... The editor, you know, her her two bosses, essentially, the editor and the publisher, the three of them took us out for drinks uh, probably a few weeks later and pitched us this idea, um, which was, you know, we're foreseeing a, a theater-based children's series centering around two characters, a middle school-aged boy and girl who do theater together. And you can explain that, the, the and, conceit of how they wanted it written. And... I'm not sure who came up with the idea, but they did. did, Yeah. Yeah. You know, they did a lot of the work for us. (laughs) Um, Sounds great. I would write uh, the character Jack's chapters and Kate would write the character Louise's chapters. And then it would also alternate every chapter, but still tell the one same story. So two different voices telling one story, which would make it able for two people to write a book together conceivably. Um, So those were the ground rules, basically. They said, you know, this is what we are imagining and now go go away think about this think about whether this is something you actually want to do and then um if if it is what we'd want is uh a full outline of the first book synopses of any subsequent books that you see and uh and then write the first four chapters so we spent you know we had to finish filming submissions only but once that was done, we were able to focus our, te- our attention on this project and spent that summer um, putting together basically the first four chapters and a, a, a real like presentation of what this series could be. And that's when we came up with their names and their characters and all, all of that stuff. Um, and then I, I guess it was just around Labor Day when they, you know, we'd submitted our materials and I think it was about three weeks later around Labor Day that they came back and were like, okay, let's do it. Like, let's do three books. <laughs> and then we had to write them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had four chapters. That's so true. And believe me, we were like, well, this is great. We have four chapters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so exciting. So there's two more to look forward to. Act at least. two, act three, at right. least. I mean, I figured act one meant something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you get into like the double digits, you're like, what kind of play? Is <laughs> Costa Utopia yeah. nonsense? Yeah. You should call the fourth one intermission. Right. You're welcome oh, to that idea. One. Thank oh. you. Yeah, there's, we, we still have things to mind, like intermission or curtain call. Yeah. Entre-act. Oh, yes. The entre-act would come after the, the intermission. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. What was the writing process like for you guys? Did you like go away completely and write your separate chapters and then coordinate on plot points or? 
we started out together in a room. We basically, at first, we just told stories of growing up doing theater. And we thought especially about the shows and the people we met and the productions we did when we were the ages mm-hmm. of our characters. And that's basically how we found out the idea for the story, which was what if someone like 12-year-old Andrew met someone like 12-year-old Kate and the rest of it kind of just unfolded. Yeah. So the first book, as you read, is really about how that friendship develops, how you know they, how they meet, um, how you know, what, what they like about each other, what they, it's not really that they don't like about each other, but how they are sort of equally threatened by each other or just confused by each other and then how they work through all of that. Um, oh, but to answer your question, we we did a lot of outlining together oh, in yeah, the same room. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, t- I completely fell off a cliff. I just, <laughs> but we did go apart and write the chapters by ourselves and then would send them to one another and the other one would kind of pick up and move from there. It's a little choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, right. But there was, I mean, even though the, the actual writing process was solitary, there was so much information that we were sharing on a regular basis in terms of, you know, okay, so these are the, these are the points I'm going to hit. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is the attitude shift, this is, you know, I'm going to deal with these kinds of um, inner conflicts, all of these things, you know, I'm going to, this is what I'm focusing on just so Mm -hmm. the other person could write simultaneously with an idea of what the chapter was that either preceded it or was going to come after. Um, So even though we weren't in a room physically typing together, we were constantly in, we have to be in contact all the time. I did shows that were very much in in the same (laughs) community theater vein that, that Jack and Louisa did. Well, Jack was a little bit fancier, but in this (laughs) book um, and it's very clear that you guys did that because, and the way the kids are, like I did those in my church from age 10. And then when I got to high school and was doing them, I was like, this is so much worse. Like doing shows in high school because everyone's dumb and like, (laughs) they're all height, they're all kids. Mm -hmm. You want to go back and like, I was hanging out with these grownups and they were treating me like a grownup. Yeah, there's something that it is quite a unique experience when you're a kid and you get to actually work with adults. It's not just spending time with them. It's, you know, working towards a common goal and, you know, community theater and certainly for Andrew doing professional theater, it's the same thing where you get to like spend time in a room with people of different ages and different backgrounds. Um, And I know that for both of us, our childhoods were enriched by those experiences. Um, And it was also so fun exploring all the like, kind of tropes of the community theater world mm-hmm. where like there's obviously like the diva who gets cast in every role even though she's sometimes not age appropriate and like the like two like lifetime people the lifers, the yeah. lifers mm-hmm. and yeah. the fun young people who are like plucked out of high school and it was so hilarious just exchanging stories about all the friends that we had made yeah. and all the mm-hmm. characters that <laughs> arise from doing community theater yeah the like Michael Scott's the the professional mm-hmm. by day and the, oh, the yeah. s- quote unquote stars by night. <laughs> they're yeah. like yeah, who are yeah. dentists. Yeah. And then- <laughs> but I remember because my only experience with those people was in rehearsal or in the show. They were all stars. Like I didn't think about them being you know mm-hmm. a oh, yeah. or teachers. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I thought of they were like 
they're Mr. Bumbles. Like that's, yeah, <laughs> that's Miss Hannigan. The first show I did was South Pacific. And when I got to high school, my uh, sophomore year chemistry teacher, his wife had been Nellie in my, in my mm-hmm. production and it was split cast and I was Nagana. So she was my Nellie. And I was like, Oh my God, you're Lori Lentz's husband. <laughs> like, not like you're my teacher, Mr. Lentz. But uh, so then they wild. got divorced. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> prior, prior to that, it was prior magical. That, it was magical. She literally washed that man right out of bed. <laughs> she did. I hope they're both well. My mom could probably tell me. Oh, I saw them the other day. Uh, but yeah, that whole world that you guys created, I thought was really spot on. And clearly you experienced it. Hmm. I really appreciated the the choices like of the witch cast recordings both of them were listening to because I was like, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they would be listening to is perfect. Mm. It was also fun trying to guess what, because you kind of had to bank on what shows were going to be open and like mm. what are still going to be popular two years in advance from us writing the book and then it going through edits and being published. Right. So I think everything that we mention is... Either still out. running or is at least fresh in people's memories or mm-hmm. is a title that someone who didn't see the show or didn't know the show was running could go, oh, that sound, at least it sounds like a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. Not- and they were kind of age appropriate. Not that like theater kids don't listen to all things that are age appropriate. Oh, yeah. But- I got the Hello Again cast recording in my stocking when I was in eighth grade. And my dad had to explain a few things. That's a, that That's is funny. Wait, how old are you? Oh, eighth grade. Just, I have popcorn um, on my knees. Carly Carmella. Always. And Michael Park. My mom That's and dad amazing. and talk. Yeah. That's crazy. Whoa. That's funny. But, you know, in a few years, even though Once and Newsies aren't open anymore, there are still shows that in 10 years, kids that age will be listening to. So it ages well. Right. And they'll, they're on the road and yeah. they're going to be done in regional productions yeah. and cast recording. So, you know, hopefully they're sort of embedded in the tapestry of musical theater at mm. this point. Have you seen, um, mostly you, Andrew, have you seen that Tumblr, wait, the Newsies revival Tumblr? Just every day no. it says like day, day 67, still no Newsies oh revival. I haven't seen that Oh my God, oh my God. it's the best. They, post, they don't post every day, but like every few days and it'll be like day 147, still no Newsies revival. Oh my God. It's hilarious. Just a I, daily post. Yeah. Just imagine, like, and it just counts the days. It's I can't so, imagine Disney ever doing a revival. Also I don't know was why, created the day after right? Newsies closed. <gasps> So it was like day person. one. <laughs> whoever you are that runs yes, that whoever Tumblr. Whoever runs that time. Yeah. You're email. amazing. I was just, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's just fantastic. Somebody's waiting Thank to follow you. that. <laughs> How did you guys decide that Into the Woods was going to be the show? Mm. Aside from the fact that we were just asked this question the other day. We actually didn't decide it. We thought those kids were doing a production of Music Man. <gasps> and we wrote oh. our first. Our first four chapters, we had them listening to the Into the Woods cast recording, um, and w- with every intention of like the show that they would actually do together would be Music Man. And then when we met with our editor, with Jordan, uh, to basically go over what we had written, she was like, "I, I, 
why aren't they just doing Into the Woods? They both like love you, it so You set much, it up yeah. so well. Like, mm. I don't understand why you would do another show. And we were like, oh, that's kind oh, of yeah, obvious. That's <laughs> also, I mean, we knew that there was going to be an Into the Woods movie released Christmas mm, 2014. Yeah. Like, even back in 2013 yeah. when we were working on it. So that was another one we had to hedge our bets on. I was like, yeah. I bet that movie's going to be pretty good. Yeah, we were like, please be good. Yeah, because you name-checked the movie even. I was yeah. impressed with the immediacy of that reference. Mm-hmm. Um, I also appreciated as a child who did that uh, community theater was that they were both, ex- well, Louisa especially was excited that they were doing a role with a show with children in it mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, we did Guys and Dolls and they like just put kids in the yep. street scenes and they made guys and dolls, the, the number guys and dolls, a co- like an ensemble number because you want to get as many people in there as possible. But when we did Oliver and when we did South Pacific, it was like, oh, this is it. Yeah, It's our time. Oh, I definitely did a West Side Story when I was a kid. Just dance at the gym with all these kids sure. from the community. Oh, yeah. Totally. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I did... Peter Pan as a kid and Annie was the, I mean, that was just like, that was so major. I mean, that was just such a thrill to be like, oh my God, I actually have a shot at like being a real part of this. Well, man, I feel like I've totally missed out. <laughs> you did high school theater. I did do high school yeah. theater. I was really mad when they did The Wizard of Oz and they cast an adult as Dorothy. I was like, this is some bullshit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's she, funny. It's Judy Garland's fault because even though she was 16, she did not look 16. She so they always cast like a 20-year-old or yeah. older. She's supposed to be 12, you guys. I was 12. <laughs> I don't want to be the munchkin barrister. I want to be... Do you want to talk about how you didn't get cast as Miss Hannigan there, as well? I could, we could talk about so many things I didn't get cast as, but it's not about me. It's about King Andrew and their delightful book. Yeah. Let's take it to some Twitter questions. Oh, okay. We have some Twitter questions. Oh, we might have gotten more while we were just sitting here. Yeah. We did. Wait, this I is like good. This yeah. <laughs> to Kate. Uh, is Finding Nemo the Musical as amazing for you as it is for me to listen to? Love that cast album. <laughs> that is from Marshall Knight. Oh, Marshall. That's so nice. Um, I don't know how to answer that. I don't, I don't know how amazing it is for Marshall. Um, I'm going to say pretty amazing. I, here's what I'll say. I, I am very proud to be a part of it because I think that Bobby and Kristen did like an amazing job of condensing that movie into a 30 minute musical Mm. how do you I mean and have an emotional impact so kudos to them for writing something so solid Uh, and you know who who wouldn't want to be Nemo? Who wouldn't want to voice Nemo for that recording? So I'm very you know excited that I get to be part of that legacy. But I don't I don't know if I listen to it with the frequency that Marshall does. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> Just at the gym. It's in my headphones right yeah. now. <laughs> um, this person has an interesting uh, Twitter handle at tqueef. Hey now. <laughs> what was your first Broadway show? I'm assuming that you saw, and then maybe that you were in, just for good measure. The first one I saw was Les Misérables. Hmm. Is it because you were going to be in Les Misérables? No, I, I went and auditioned <laughs> for it. Ah. It was my like first audition, and the casting directors were like in the room. They were like, "You're too short. Do you and your 
Do you and your sister want to go see it tonight, though? Because you could maybe come back in a couple years and give us free tickets. That's oh, that's friend. nice. That's great. That happens all the time at Broadway auditions, you guys, too. <laughs> you nope, never since. I'm never just going to go, and they'll be like, you're not right for the part. For the like, free ticket. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Okay, thanks. Uh, the first show I ever saw was Big River. <gasps> oh, that's a good first Big River. I love Big River. I'm very River. jealous of that. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. Um I remember we sat in the front row. Oh, amazing. Because my this is a tribute to my mom for being cool cuz you know, we had we went to go get our tickets in Burlington. Actually, you could like go to the bo- the local box office and buy tickets from there. This is like oh. old fashioned, you guys. Yeah, when- this is before the internet. Yeah. And so the woman sort of gave us the options of what seats were available and there were first row seats available. And as a kid, I thought first row seats were like the best seats in the theater. So I thought it was a huge coup that they were available. (laughs) Now I know that like (laughs) you actually don't really want to sit in the front row. But it was like, what? The first row. And so my mom's like, is that what you would like? I said, yes. So we got to be right at the lip of the stage. And then I got nervous because I was afraid they were going to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, those professional Broadway actors who always break the fourth wall to talk to 10-year-olds in the front row. You know, some shows have uh, audience participation. It freaks people out. Yeah, but I had to get up on stage at that magician show. And Stephen Sondheim Sondheim was was in the audience. Yeah. Also, because Patty has, like, weird phobias and fears, I wasn't there, but... The guy like wanted you. What you describe it? You you were supposed to like smash, smash your bottle, right? And clearly, there's no bottle. It's magic. I know. Clearly, this. no bottle. I, logically, I know. I was terrified though. <laughs> I added 20 minutes to oh, that no. show because I was like, I'm not fucking doing this. <laughs> but anyway, Stephen Sondheim saw it. Yay! Um, <laughs> that's crazy. From Sarah with the H, how is it going from writing scripts for a show for older people to a book for kids? It's a good question. Mm, It's a really different process. Um, Writing, first of all, writing scripts in general is different because you are beholden to a lot of different factors of what you can physically Yeah, mostly budget. Yeah, what (laughs) you can afford to do. Who, you know, certainly for submissions only, like who's available? Who do we got? Um, and, And how can, you know, is what can we actually shoot? Um, so that whole process was uh, developed within very strict limitations. But in terms of its content and, and writing for an older audience, presumably, and then having to switch gears and write towards kids, um, we had to just kind of be accountable for it and to each other and and keep that conversation going of like, is this too sophisticated? Is this not sophisticated enough? And I, I mean, Andrew can speak to this as well, but I found what was helpful, uh, was just to really put yourself in the mindset of a 12 year old, just try and think like, how would I have felt as a 12 year old in this situation? What were the kinds of things I was thinking about? How did I problem solve? How did I process emotions? Like, how did I express myself at this age? Um, and that's, I think, because we're actors, it's, it, it was helpful in the writing process to be mm-hmm. like, these are, you know, their, their worldview is only so big at this age. So try and write within that, the idea of that. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Keep it at that. Well done. Um, one of our good friends on, on Twitter, 
official Gigi just said hi with a smiley face. Hi, Gigi. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. Oh, she also wanted to know what Hogwarts houses we would be placed in, all um, of us. I have, I don't, I've never read Harry Potter. I oh. don't know. I'm not sure. I would think I would be in Ravenclaw. I always feel like Hufflepuff. I don't know why, just because I think it's kind of dorky and I feel like that's where they'd put me. I feel like... I mean, it's You're a Gryffindor. Come on. No, well, <laughs> I, was I feel like I'm that person who's like, when you have a group of friends and you're like, who's the Carrie in Sex in the City? And everyone's like, I'm Carrie, I'm Carrie. And you're like, you're not Carrie, you're Hufflepuff. So I feel like oh, Miranda. I would, I would say Gryffindor, but, mm. and probably I'm like more Hufflepuff. No, you're totally, mm. you're totally mm. Gryffindor. Okay, thanks. Emily, you're a tough one. I don't know. You might be Gryffindor. Really? Yeah. They're Slytherin. She's so dork-sided. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if there's one well. thing people say about Emily. <laughs> You're very, like, brave in your convictions, so I would say Gryffindor. All right. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, Gigi also asked about plans for Jack and Louisa Act 2, so you heard it on this podcast. Probably not first, but uh, <laughs> definitely. It's definitely happening. We just handed in our third draft at... Like eleven fifty seven p.m. <laughs> on Monday. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be there, and yeah. it'll be the same time next year. Okay. Uh, which will be fun. So mm-hmm. always something to look forward yeah. to in those cold wintry months. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Aside from like pulling from your community theater and theater roots, what what else about the characters is part of your life? I'm sure, as a professional child actor. Uh, who went through puberty, some of that hit home for you. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, 100%. I, I think it's always easiest to write what you know, and especially because I have never written a book before. I feel like that was definitely the approach to go with. Um, yeah, my character Jack in Jack and Louisa is a Broadway actor as a kid and is rehearsing the big blockbuster new musical called The Big Apple when I his voice oh, come on. <laughs> real bad I wanted to see that show doesn't it sound good yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. like that's great. the next step I think yeah. <laughs> right The Big Apple yeah. I mean we basically want everything that we do to just dovetail on like everything should just circle back on itself yeah. <laughs> submissions only jacket like it should all just yeah. keep turning Penny into could play things. his mom <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, when I was when I was this similar age to Jack, I was rehearsing Susical the Musical out of town, getting ready to go to Broadway when suddenly my voice changed and it was pretty traumatic. And I ultimately ended up getting to do it on Broadway for one month before I was let go because I could no longer sing it. And I moved back to Michigan, which was after having lived in New York for the past four years, a little bit of a shell shock. And we thought that that would be a great jumping off place to begin sort of in the middle of the action for a book like Jack and Louisa. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, uh, was very much like Louisa in that I was growing up um, in a town that like many American towns Mm -hmm. where um, the opportunities were there but not at a professional level so everything I was doing was either an after school program or a summer camp or a community theater production I I actually did a lot of um, 
uh, college productions because uh, I grew up near University of Vermont. And so when they needed like, say, no neck monsters or and of course, college productions mm-hmm. are so, you know, they're trying to challenge their students. So I did Cat on a Haunted Roof, Medea. <laughs> <laughs> A doll's house, (laughs) but I would just come on for those like two seconds. But Medea, I got to get murdered and come out covered in stage blood as one of the sons. It was really fun. That's awesome. That's crazy. Also, just side note, while I was talking about Susicle, someone is rehearsing Amazing Maisie next door to us. Oh, so serendipitous. That's crazy. What are some of the shows besides those crazy ones that you did that you guys did when you were around this age? Like maybe after, did you do community theater after I, you moved back? I did, back? yeah. I went back and I did, the first thing I did was a production of Peter Pan where my sister Maggie and I were double cast playing the role <laughs> of Peter amazing. Pan. And we had to share a costume. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad had to fly us oh for God. liability oh. reasons. <laughs> she was so much better than I was. <laughs> oh my God, I was terrible. Do my like voice had just changed. Yes. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah, there's, I say, there's no bootleg. There's a full official <gasps> video oh, of sure. it that I, have, yeah. I, if I have anything to do with it, is burned somewhere <laughs> in a basement. No, put it on in Detroit. YouTube. Not a chance. <laughs> um, I I did Annie the community right. theater production when I was eleven, and were then, you Annie? No, oh. no, I was. But let me just say, I was a finalist. Um, <laughs> I was one of three, and then I was cast as Kate, uh, the orphan. Oh, jeez, I know. <laughs> I, I often play characters named yeah. Kate. It happened in Legally Blonde too, but um, and I ended up actually thinking like this is the way to go this is the way to do Annie because it was so much more fun it's so mm. social when you're an orphan because then you just like hang out you get to be with all the other girls and Annie's just working your ass off <laughs> um, really it's just so demanding um, and then oh, I don't know oh well then in middle school we didn't do shows we did like show core these like musical reviews mm-hmm. not show not to be confused with show choir there were mm-hmm. no bleachers but <laughs> we had a, a a music director who would put together these like musical reviews mm-hmm. with themes and then we would you know get to do a song or two and in seventh grade i really campaigned for tell me on a sunday cool. and i got to do it nailed it <gasps> nailed it age 12 <laughs> Amazing. tell me on a sunday just with Belting like ease. a sensible like purse and a-line skirt Amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. This is a two-parter, three-parter. Back to Twitter. This is from Great Broadway Fan. Um, to Kate, best memory from Legally Blonde. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh I want to make this good. There were a lot. It was really fun. But I think, you know, if we're going to talk about it, like, of the show, the best memory of it, probably, like, that first time we all opened those windows mm. the, oh. for like the gypsy run that first time we came out of those windows just screaming our face <laughs> um for oh my god you guys that was just because it was such a culmination of everything that we had done up until that point and to have that obviously yeah. a gypsy run is biased because everyone's just filled with goodwill but still it was really exciting Oof, that moment in the show is oh, so man. good yeah i can't believe i only saw that show once i'm the worst i know me too only once what's wrong with us I we love the god Bond. it's so that good. is like a that is like a favorite like playing the car sing along too oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's good it's a good time andrew what's your best memory from newsies oh man i i have to say this this one was 
at the moment, maybe not my favorite, but in hindsight, we they flew us out to L.A. after our Sunday night show to go be on Dancing mm-hmm. with the Stars. Mm-hmm. And we didn't ever sleep. We were like, they were like, you can sleep on the plane. And we immediately like went to the studios at like oh, four in the morning and because you have to stage it for the cameras and block it. And then we did it, went back home and ate lunch and then went and filmed the episode and then got back on a plane. Oh so we, none of us slept for like 40 hours and we were so cracked out that at the airport, that is like my quintessential favorite newsy memory of all of us just wild because at that point no one's <laughs> sleepy you're just like crazy feeling and we were all just dancing and like playing football and just being like 10 year olds like wild Amazing. 10 year olds and our poor company manager had to be responsible for all of us but that was my favorite memory uh, i just want to believe that at least one like 12 year old girl walked through that airport and was like <laughs> oh my god just. <laughs> she died. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last last part of this question. Um, for both of you, worst onstage mishap you've ever had? All right, mine was in Newsies. I There's a part in Seize the Day where Crutchy comes out with this strike sign attached to his crutch. And I have to go... Hey, Jack, look what I made. Ah! And hold up this big strike sign. And one day I started walking on stage and about like halfway on stage realized I forgot to attach the strike sign. (laughs) And so I just grabbed the crutch and I go, hey, Jack, look at this. And all the other boys, like, look of terror. And what I didn't also realize is the next, like, six lines are all about the strike sign where they're like, yeah. that looks amazing. That's looks- pathetic. Oh, and then they're like, Reson. maybe Pulitzer will just see that and feel sorry for us. <laughs> that crazy cripple boy who just is screaming. Oh, my God. So that was my favorite. Oh. And then I did it again, like, a month later. Oh. Like, didn't learn my lesson. Did you have the same MO the second time it happened? I was a little more prepared, so I, like, busted out a little routine. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, I would take way too long to tell this story, so I'm going to make it short. I fell off a stage. Um, No, please. What? Tell us the long version. (laughs) Tell us everything. We have time. I'm doing a tour of uh, Christmas Carol with Theater Works USA, and... Because every day you're on a different stage or you're in a different cafeteria, depending. Um, this happened to be like a proscenium with a thrust. So where the pres- where the thrust meets the proscenium arch, there was this like little L. And uh, the- I was inside the Ghost of Christmas Future, which was a retractable broom covered in like black diaphanous fabric, which you can see through, just not very well. Mm -hmm. And so also, you never know what the lighting situation is going to be. Like sometimes it's just full fluorescent lights because you're just in a room. And sometimes you're actually in a theater where there's someone operating the light board Mm -hmm. and maybe they feel a little bit fancy. And so (laughs) this is obviously a very dramatic moment where Scrooge is confronting the Ghost of Christmas future. And he made it super dark. And in my cross off stage, the moment where Scrooge like rips part of my, I don't know, fabric off. And on the other side, it's like plaid felt and it, it's his blanket. And he wakes up and he realizes like he's still alive and all of that. And he has another chance at redemption. Anyway, 
just at that moment, he like rips it off and I just walked off the stage. Just <laughs> oh like took God. a big step and fell and landed. I didn't like fall on my face. I actually landed on like two toes of my right foot <gasps> and careened towards the audience holding the broom. And it's sort of the ghost sort of swooped towards the children <laughs> me inside it and and I was in such shock and it was so dark now it was really dark because now I'm in the dark theater in a dark <laughs> costume and I'm just thinking oh please no one no one take this thing off me because I'm underdressed as tiny Tim and I just don't want the children to be traumatized Aww. thinking like oh no Tim's actually the ghost of Christmas. <laughs> um, and then I just felt someone tugging on me and I sort of huh. limped away. Anyway, that I, oh my God. I can't really think that's of anything intense. beyond that that's that would exceed something, you know, more embarrassing. Than what a Strangely, crazy... both of our stories involve us being crippled. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, the other, and what was good is my next entrance was as Tiny Tim oh. and I was able to just switch the crutch to the other yeah. side <laughs> because I had really hurt my foot. What a crazy layer that would have been, though, if Tiny Tim were the ghost of Christmas oh future. God. He's going like, to die. He, he died and then came back yeah. in the future. To right, he's literally just wept at my yeah. grave. Yeah. It would make it very creepy. <laughs> they would be like, oh, my God, I get it yeah, now. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like for how much theater we see, I always want to see shit go wrong for whatever, like whatever that human thing is where you're like, I want to see something get fucked up. And I feel like I'm never there for it. Sometimes we're there for it. Mm-hmm. For like little things. I, I feel like, I mean, I'm sure plenty of things have gone horribly wrong while I'm watching a show and I just don't know about it because people are professionals. Well, that's true. Broadway. There was this one. I do remember one time uh, in Legally Blonde, we used to have a lot of problems with our palettes, our automated palettes coming on. Mm. Uh, in particular, the courtroom palettes mm-hmm. often got stuck. And so occasionally I'd come out as Chutney at the end and everyone would be standing because there were no <laughs> benches and like uh, the judge, like nothing would uh, be on. So everyone's standing in a clump and then like the judge was standing and the, you know, the presiding police officer sheriff guy was standing and I had to come on (laughs) and I remember like the first time that happened I thought I'd be really clever and like make the policeman like get down on his knee so I could like sit on his knee (laughs) and then Jerry Mitchell came back he's like what was that about don't do that I was sort of shamed I saw Legally Blonde once and (laughs) someone drove the golf cart off the stage (gasps) and Kate Schindel (laughs) Was the only one who helped. Oh my who god! Who fully jackhammered it up with oh her like god. monster <gasps> muscle arms and pulled it what? back onto the stage god. while like screaming the Legally Blonde remix. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's oh, amazing! I wasn't there for that. I'd already I'm left. Sorry. And that sounds pretty rich. Yeah. Oh my god, that's dangerous. That's crazy. <laughs> Kate Schindel, she'll save a life, though. That's yeah. Right. One thing that I was thinking about when I was reading the book, I read a lot of books when I was little. Most of the books I read, uh, the ones that I still remember are about girls like me, you know, who like to read and liked knowledge and things like that. So I'm just so excited that this, this is a book that I would have read when I was this age, if it had existed, because it was another part of something that I really liked. So good job. <laughs> I don't know. Thank I don't know. You. I was just I mean, thinking that, you know? Super true. A hundred percent. We were excited to write. And we we didn't want it to be 
about theater, but like not really about theater. Like, mm. like smash. <laughs> I said nothing, but <laughs> we wanted it to be really true and, and to have these kids be fanatics about it. Cause it's who we were as kids. And although it's maybe not, for every single human being is going to find the same kind of reaction to it. I think for the people that theater is truly their passion and they love, there's going to be just a lot to devour. Yeah. And I think you're not, I'm not really answering a question. I'm just making, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just realized I didn't ask a question. So. <laughs> um, but one of the things I, I like about Jack and Louisa is how, and we made a conscious choice not to do this, that it's really not about like, just because you like theater, you know, doesn't make you a loser. Like, we kind of sidestep, sidestepped that all together as if, like, of course it's okay. Like, I think we sort of started with the premise of, like, no one's, like, really coming after these two because they like it. It's just their friendship is so much stronger because they identify in each other this shared mm-hmm. love of something. And it's not because they're being ostracized by an entire group of people. I mean, of course, Jack has to come up against a little bit of bullying, but it has a lot to do with being the new kid and being a little bit smaller and all of that. But there's nothing, they're not like vilified for having this interest Mm -hmm. and needing to like overcome that or, you know, teach a a town a lesson. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which obviously has its value and merit, but I think, you know, we wanted to just pretend that was, wasn't even on the table to get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's like really, that's like a really smart, skilled way to handle it because I think like from my experience growing up, like, yeah, I wasn't like bullied or anything and I certainly wasn't as into musical theater. I was no, what is it? Uh, MT- MTN. MTN. <laughs> in, in like middle school. But like you create those ideas in your own mind that you're like, everyone thinks I'm crazy, but you're like, nobody yeah. told you and nobody said that. Like you put that in your own mind and that's like, you know, right. it's definitely something to address. And you have to have some healthy self-esteem to step on a stage mm-hmm. in front of yeah. hundreds of people. So I think often theater becomes like a savior for people who are struggling with that. And it does build that sense of community and belonging to something. Yeah. It was certainly my experience that like it wasn't, uh, like you said, nobody made fun of anybody else. You know, oh, I, we were so lucky. I know we were, and that's not true of, of everyone, obviously, <laughs> but then if somebody who's having a hard time reads the book and sees the normalcy in it, right. Then they get that from the book. Um, and it, I liked, I never moved anywhere. So that part of it, changing who you are be, to sort of blend in, I, I understood it. I didn't really get it cause I never had to do anything like that, but him pushing that part of him aside for that reason was a, a, a good way to sort of broach that um, and have him then be exposed mm-hmm. as an MTN. Oh my God, I want MTN to be like, we a need thing. we're saying that now. Yeah. Like we're, we're in case someone listening has no idea what we're saying, oh. it's musical theater nerd. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. I love when, when she's like, are you an MTN? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? What is that? <laughs> love it. We're going to make it a thing. seeing it everywhere. Like, for some reason, I'm sure it's just because... 
I mean, I'd heard I it. I don't, it. I, I don't think we were coining a phrase with it. I feel like we've. Hmm. D- I've, I'm going to credit you guys with that one because no, I'm just seeing literally it. the letters MTN mm. like on ah. license plates on like oh, really? everywhere. Yeah, mm. wonder what else it's for. It's like my the Masons. College, it was called like like kids who did who were th- music theater majors were MTs, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. there's also sort of, like are there musical theater dorks? Like I geek, feel like there are other um, or geeks. Yeah. yeah, I mean band geek, musical theater geek. Yeah. Terminology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we came up with it, so it's okay <laughs> yeah. to call ourselves that. <laughs> You're reclaiming our it. Yeah. Reclaiming it. <laughs> Did the Legally Blonde fans have an, a, fanny, a fan oh, name? Like fans names. I love fan fanzies names. Fanzies is pretty, it's it's pretty good. fantastic. Yeah. I was amazing. very early on in the stages of Paper Mill, we were campaigning for what our fan names were going to be, and I was really pushing for the paper cuts. <laughs> Oh, I remember that, that never happened. <laughs> oh my god! At first, we're all like, "We don't like fanzies." <laughs> I don't know if I don't know. I feel like the the ones that when you're like, "Oh, I don't think they have," always have the weirdest ones. Oh yeah, like where hmm. you're like, "Okay, yeah, I'm not sure." What would legally blonde fans be called? Blondies. No, uh, just came legally, yeah. fans. Mm-hmm. legally fans. Legally fans. Legally fans. I, I hate that. fan names. I love fan names. Oh, I'm kind of. I love them too. I. And ship names, I'm all about it. Mm. Back in the day when Patty and I were just doing improv comedy, we were trying to start a, we were trying to get an improv group up oh, yeah. on called Scientology. The only <laughs> fan group name I love is Scientology. <laughs> that is pretty good. Because that's great. That is that's really great. lens. And it solidifies itself as like a religion, not just like a fan yeah. group. Yeah. I don't think I've heard that. That's oh, major yeah. though. That's they are good. real. They are real. <laughs> We've never met them, but. Yeah. Jack and Louisa fans could just call themselves MTNs. MTNs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could. Yeah. All MTNs. Well, I'm going to send this book to my nine and 10 year old nieces mm-hmm. and we'll see if they become MTNs. They live in the middle of Illinois. So they like know about me and seeing shows, but it's not necessarily part of their world. So yeah. we're going to force be the them way to, to love it. To get it in there. We'll be in Chicago next week. Oh. Yeah. For, uh, for signing? Book. Yeah. Great. Mm. I'll look up the details, see if my sister wants to drive two hours. Oh, that's probably, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Not in the car. To, to but <laughs> have s- a book sign that she's never read by two well, weirdos. Well, actually, I had, the, I had the, you guys sign a book to both of them. Oh, so. oh amazing. Right, so the, they're covered. Care of. Yeah. Sweet. This last, this last like this one? Question. Okay. Also from Gigi, another Twitter question. What musical would you two want to star in together? <gasps> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Something very romantic with a lot, a lot of making out. Oh <laughs> yeah. A lot. Fantastic. That's the thing that Andrew and I are always talking yeah. about is how much we want to make out with each other. I know. Maybe Bridges at Madison County. <laughs> <laughs> we joke about that all the time. That is our go-to oh joke. About how a rendition of Falling between me and Andrew would sound like. Just like terrible. And I feel like people sitting in on that concert of us singing that would be like, you know, I... I thought I got those guys. I thought that they were kind of on the same plane. <laughs> yeah. They just, they lost me with that. That's amazing. Yeah, um, I don't know. A musical that exists. Hmm. That I mean, truthfully, is Into the Woods. If someone wants to do some all-adult version. Like at so the can, Muni. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that would be good. Yeah, but um, you guys could, at this point in your careers, I think, be Baker and Baker's wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't that have to be good. Jack and or Little Red. Adelaide and Nathan Detroit. <gasps> I totally do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... 
have to do a little bit of little, necking. It's a little. Yeah, that's Oh, true. no, that wasn't what I meant. But that's oh. like a little teaser for book two. Just, oh. Just a teaser. Not only did guys get those. Yeah, you're doing two of my top five musicals into the woods and guys and dolls i'll tell you what the other you guys have to start doing my top five like color purple (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's the other one andrew and i want to do together (laughs) is the color purple she's louise is gonna be so pissed (laughs) she can't be in that show or it's gonna be real inappropriate (laughs) i like those two options yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so guys and dolls the next I, I, that's no I, now I'm we're trying to get the scoop out just, yeah yeah i'm not gonna say anything more about that so next year around the same time yeah act two yep. mm-hmm. and you can get act one on the internet and at bookstores yeah, yeah. Bookstores it's actually everywhere. in stores bookstores? yeah mm-hmm. barnes and nobles yeah. is still a thing <laughs> we just got someone tweeted at us yesterday a friend of ours took a picture of of it in a barnes and nobles that's are you guys exciting. gonna start going to bookstores and just signing copies of the book <laughs> mm-hmm. that are there and yeah. putting it under the like highly recommended yeah. section yeah. Yeah. right do you see uh, uh jim gaffigan does that every time he goes through an airport he goes to like the hudson news and will yes. find the copies of his book and just sign them. that's so cool you guys should definitely should. do that i think oh we would do God. that and get arrested <laughs> i wonder on what like well your pictures could, are is on there the some jacket sort of like a loophole <laughs> to be like it's who wouldn't want to sign? Mm. I think you'd yeah. just be like, my face, this face. Yeah. <laughs> it's not signing. Or we should sign them as like other people. Yes. <laughs> as like Jim as, Gaffigan. As Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli. Yeah. <laughs> which one's which? <laughs> Liza, obviously. What is he? Oh, Someone's doing a pop rock song right now. Oh, yeah. I thought it was that Katy it's, Perry song, but it's not because it sounds exactly the same. Yeah, it's Brave. Which Someone one is has that? like a waitress audition. Sarah, Sarah Bareilles? Yeah. No, the other one? Yeah, good. Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. yeah. What musical is she doing? Waitress. Waitress. Oh my God. I keep getting waitress confused with diner, and that's Maybe Cheryl Crow. Next door. Oh my God. She's not playing the piano very well. And that song came out like last year. Also, she's probably in Boston. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah. Well, any last words? That's a weird thing to say. Um, all I would say is that you don't have to be a kid to enjoy the book. Mm, absolutely not. There's a lot of little hidden Easter eggs for our friends and for our fans, especially if you have seen any of Kate and my shows or other things we've worked on. You'll mm. see some familiar. There also might be, uh, wait, do we do it in book two or book one where we mention a theater that we also oh, mention yeah. in submissions <laughs> yeah. only? Like so, a made up theater. So there is oh like some God. reality situation oh. that. Little. These two Ooh, places exist in the same. You're creating awesome. like a Brian Fuller yes. wonder. One, what's that show called? Wonderfalls and Pushing Daisies. Oh yeah, like oh cross God. world. That's right. Then you yeah. definitely have to write the Big Apple. Yeah, and it will <laughs> totally. exist in the same yeah. universe. Ooh, I love it. That's fantastic. Well, everyone should go out and buy Jack and Louisa Act One for yourself and for all of the children in your life. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having Thanks us. for coming. Yay. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us, and leave us a comment, and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.